Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. I am your host, Patty Lennon. And today I want to talk to you about uh, something that's been really alive in my in my circle, at least, in my Facebook page people I'm talking to in in part because where I live in Connecticut, they're going to start reopening Connecticut, I guess, March, uh, May 20th. And I think that that date has been similar for some other areas. I know my, one of my friends and clients in Germany, her kids are going back to school May 25th. So I think in different areas of the world, things are starting to come back alive, if that's the right word, or maybe just start to go back to some different stage of this isolation, right? Which seems like we're moving towards going back to, I hate to say normal, because I don't think that's what we ever were, but you know, just we're heading in a different direction, right? We're coming out of complete isolation, I guess. And so there's this sort of bemoaning, not having done more with this isolation, or maybe just a feeling of regret or questioning, did I do enough? And what's interesting is I find that that is actually a question that so many people ask themselves so often in so many circumstances. You know, this isolation is is this very uh, condensed event because everyone's experiencing it at the same time. So maybe the questioning is happening consistently at the same time. But I think so often we end up in these places where we say, oh, I didn't, you know, my, my husband actually says that, you know, about his twenties, he, you know, he wasn't more productive, you know, he really focused on having fun and (laughs) going out and whatnot. The thing is that everything that happens in our life is happening exactly perfectly for us. Um, Now that doesn't mean it feels perfect at all. It just means that exactly what happened is what happened, right? And who you became in the process of that is exactly who you were meant to become. And that feels like such a hard message to receive when you wanted to accomplish or be or do something different. But my experience is that that is really the truth. And I, for me, as I've been reflecting on this, as we move back in, you know, the, in a couple of days, uh, reopening the state and the reality is my reality is not going to change very much at all because I can still work from home and my husband can still work from home and the schools aren't opening and we're really not going to change our behavior. We're not going to start going out in public more really out of courtesy to our community. We don't have to go out and, you know, with less people circulating, there's less opportunity for the virus to circulate. And I'm not judging anyone that chooses to walk this path differently. You know, whatever is right for you is right for you. That's just what's right for us. So things aren't necessarily changing that much for us. But as I've been reflecting on it, 
you know, my children really are my teachers when it comes to this idea of just being who you are in this moment. Because for the longest time, I really questioned myself as a mom for lots of different reasons that some I've spoken about on the podcast, some I haven't, but you know, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Did I do enough? Blah, blah, blah. And you know, the first time that that really came to light for me was when my mom died because she had filled in a role that I considered good mothers fill, but because she was doing it, I felt okay with the fact that I wasn't. And it was the role of baking cookies and spending long times on puzzles or nonsense or building Legos. Like she just had unlimited time and patience for my kids in a way I just didn't. And so when she died and suddenly that gap was there, I really you know, pointed it as a deficit of mine. And it took me a long time to just realize that's just not the mom that I was, right? And interestingly enough, that once I, especially around the baking, the baking was a big one because it's, it's a integral part of most of the women in my family. Most of the women in my bloodline are amazing bakers and amazing cooks. And my sister said this once that she realized that, you know, she, the way she shows love is through food. And that's what my mom did. She used to, she actually could infuse things with love. Like when you ate what she made, you just felt not just that the food was delicious, but that someone really cared for you in this really deep way. And so not passing that on to my kids, because there was a time in my life where I was that way, but it just, it didn't interest me anymore. Things, thing, my mind and doing things with creating, teaching and writing and doing all things like that were really more compelling for me than, than that's stuff was. And I was just super busy. So slowing down the way that she would be able to slow down with the kids just didn't feel available to me. But once I had come to be at peace with that, the most interesting thing happened, which was I realized that my cousin, Amory, who I've talked about before here, she's like so many things to me. She's a sister. She's a surrogate. So many things to my kids. You know, She stepped in and was able to, to easily do that with my kids, to pass on that baking and that love of creating with ingredients. But until I forgave myself and made space for the fact that that just wasn't me, that that opportunity for them to access that a different way wasn't available. And so, you know, and over and over again, my children, as they've grown, they're 12 and 14 now, they are so different as beings. They are such different human beings. And it is so clear to me that my parenting has not created this essence that is them. They, they came with a trajectory of who they were becoming. And at best, I've realized my job is to just not get in the way of it, but certainly not to, you know, I'm not the one to design it, right? And I think as parents, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to design life for our kids. And then it's the same pressure that I think most adults put on, that they have this vision of what the most productive, healthy version of themselves is. And unless we're living up to that, that somehow 
we've missed the mark where there's just so much nuance and gray area. And, and really there, it's those gray areas that really where we find all the lessons, where we find the growth, where we find the experience, it's truly the journey and not the destiny, right? Or not the destination, I should say. So in this time of isolation, what has been so fascinating to me is watching my two kids navigate this. And so going into it, when we realized they weren't going to be going to school physically and that they'd be learning from a distance, what I said to both of them was like, look, this is a different environment and you do not know who you're going to be in this environment. And just understand whoever you are is going to be okay. And whatever you do is going to be okay. And that we'll do this together and that the goal isn't to get you know high marks the goal is to navigate this time in your life that you'll probably never experience again and see what calls to you see where you're taken naturally when you don't have this sort of created environment of school to show it to you but what i've always known is i'm not a homeschool teacher i am not that and so I give so much credit to to parents that do find that calling and really create this environment where their children just are self-led and learning. I'm not that person because that really does require a parental container. I can't be that. So that wasn't what I was suggesting to my kids. What I was suggesting was, look, you've got all these resources in the school and you decide what you want to achieve and then decide what else you want to do with your time. Because Mom and dad both are working and my husband and I have both been blessed to continue to work the hours. We were working to have work to do. And so here we are, whatever we're in, eight weeks in. And as I reflect, my daughter has learned so many things. She created a mural on her bedroom wall. She taught herself to bake bread from scratch. I kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, with her Girl Scout troop, they virtually created an entire uh, video montage uh, for Teacher Appreciation Week. She's, I, I mean, the list goes on. It just, she taught herself how to build a successful herb garden. And she's actually planting that with my husband today as we speak, because that is yet another thing that my my ancestors have. A green thumb is not what I do. But luckily, my husband and his family actually have the same green thumb and my husband did inherit it. So that's wonderful. Just on and on the project. Oh, she's um, designed a workout for herself. <laughs> I mean, she's kind of the epitome of like, I think what we thought we'd be like in, um, in isolation, but that's her, but she did all that on her own. You know, like if it had required me, that would have been a problem. I mean, there were a couple of things she needed me in that, you know, in having to, um, let the bread rise, you know, a couple of times, she did that on her own, but once it required, you know, heat that does make her a little nervous. So you know, putting the bread in and out, you know, taking her to buy the herbs. And with the wall mural, she needed, you know, my husband's help with the paint and stuff. But overall, we've done very little to contribute to this, you know, productivity per se. Now, my son has fully embraced and, and been thrilled with the fact that we've gone to pass fail grades. 
And he has, as best I understand it, mastered some significant level in Fortnite. And you know what? That doesn't look any different to me. Their experiences do not look any different to me because they're both happy. And because they're both happy, I am proud of myself. I really am. And it's not because I I made them happy. It's not that. I'm happy because, or I'm proud of myself that they're happy because what I didn't do was try and engineer something in this time, right? I didn't try and make it be something. Now, what's also happened, which I am really also thrilled with, is every week my children have days that they cook dinner and they're 100% responsible for the menu. I own, We only shop every two weeks, so they have to have it planned out, what ingredients they're going to need if we don't have them in the house. They've been researching things. My son loves to grill, so he researches different ingredients for different marinades. That's what's been really calling to him. So, And he's, over the last eight weeks, ended up taking on more dinners because Besides doing dinner, then there's other nights where if you haven't cooked that you have cleanup duty and he hates cleanup. And so he's traded with his sister. And because she doesn't really like heat, she's found it less stressful to do the cleanup than to do cooking and constantly having to interrupt my husband and I to move things in and out of the oven. And so they found this balance. Now, this didn't come from some big idea of productivity that I had for our family. It came from just frustration because as as independent as they are, there is stuff I've needed to help them with, with schooling. And I have where my son is concerned for sure, had to, you know, stay on top of what's due and, and where are you with all of this? And, you know, there's certain things they were learning that really did need help. You know, my son was navigating Shakespeare and that really isn't something I think that a 14 year old should have to do on their own. So there was extra work on my plate. I was also doing a launch at the start of this, which was crazy. <laughs> and, you know, then also shifting the way I was coaching and giving all of my clients full access to me and saying, you know, don't, don't hold off calling me, call me when you need me, you know, and, and just being more available as well as, you know, launching the receiving school and having a whole new community to support. I just, my plate was a lot more full and I needed help. And I just said, here's how it's going to work. Additionally, we stopped having our cleaning person come in. So we were paying her, but we weren't actually having the cleaning done. So we need to get the cleaning done. And my kids now are consistently every week cleaning different things, you know, and they have their jobs. Now, this is something in my head that I've had that we should be doing all along. I just didn't have the bandwidth or the focus to make it happen. And didn't happen because I said, And actually, I'll say in contrast, all these times where I knew this should be happening, it never was. And that's because it wasn't important enough to me. But now in the context of what we were, where we were and making sure that they were doing stuff that actually didn't include a screen, (laughs) this became something really important to me. And so the context drove the results, right? Not some mental idea of what we should or shouldn't be doing. And so now they're cleaning every week and they're, doing a great job of staying on top of their laundry and their bedding where before it used to have to be like, have you done your laundry for the week? Have you done your laundry for the week? Do you have enough clothes for school? But because they were in 
travel sports and we were all just flying by the seat of our pants. That was always this sort of reactive game and now it's not. But all of these things that have happened have happened out of necessity, like out of this feeling like this is what will serve me, not trying to be a good mom, just trying to make all of this work for me. And it was a pretty selfish motivation. But even in all of this, you know, the way that each of the kids is showing up is completely different. You know, my son, is his strategy is get everything done on Monday so he can have as much time to himself as he likes. And I think that's important because he's definitely motivated differently than my daughter. I shared this probably last year, but maybe it was even longer ago. When he was in eighth grade and in seventh grade, they had a fundraising fundraising kits that they could go around to the neighborhood, raise money to help pay for their trips. So they do big trips in seventh and eighth grade. And in seventh grade, the trip was, I want to say a couple hundred dollars. And my son raised enough money to pay for him and five other kids. In eighth grade, I think he paid for his own trip, which was, I think, $500 and maybe raised enough money for, for someone else. He's amazing at sales, right? So I know having that skill going out into the world, he and he loves money. He loves money. <laughs> he loves it, right? And so trying to make him love productivity for the sake of productivity, it's just not him. He needs to have a purpose. He needs to have a goal. He has to have a reason where it makes sense. And to him, school has always seemed like a pretty stupid thing. And I've loved watching him feel into this empty time, the thing he thought he wanted so much in school, because as he's kind of gone through it, he's realized that, yeah, it is fun to play PS4, but he does get bored of it after a while. And then really what he wants, and he's been you know, on my husband every day, is it warm enough to to heat up the pool yet? Is it warm enough? And finally we've hit that temperature. And so now it's, when are we going in the pool? Let's shoot hoops. You know, he is finding his way away from the PS4 naturally. And he's finding what matters to him. And he's really finding ingredients, you know, cooking and, you know, researching what makes a good marinade and how to get the best grill experience. Like these are things that call to him that he's excited about. And the thing is that I found is unless, and this goes beyond children, this is for all of us, unless there is something magnetizing us to the future. I was just talking to a client about this. Unless you can put a lot of effort in to make something happen, but unless the thing you're headed for is so delicious, is so juicy, is so compelling that it magnetizes you towards it, You'll never be able to produce enough effort to get to the end goal. What I mean is to get to an end goal, the goal itself has to be pulling you as much as you are pushing towards it. And so if you went into this isolation thinking, I'm going to get my house clean, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do whatever it was, the clean house, the, the project, whatever it was, had to have been compelling enough that it did 50% of the work for you, meaning it had to call you forward as much as you could put effort in to move towards it. And I suspect that for most people, the thing that you needed the most was rest. 
was downtime. And if you went through this time and what you did was you got some of your energy back, that you got more sleep because I our family is well rested. And I think that is one of the most amazing things to come out of this for the kids not to have to be up so early for their classes. What is magnetizing you? Is it to feel, feel more at peace, to feel easeful, to have slowed down, to have dinners together, to eat a meal that was cooked, you know, and not be grabbing food. All those things are valuable results, right? So just check in and see what is it that you were going for and what is calling you forward the most as you think about moving forward either in the second stage of isolation or just in life in general. What actually feels so compelling that the magnetism of it can do 50% of the effort for you? That's really what's going to give you the results you want. And then I just have one message. And I usually share this message, it would have been a couple of weeks ago, and it's specifically for you if you're the parent of a senior in high school, or if you are a senior in high school. And that is, and it's a little bit different this year, and I probably didn't share it just because my heart really does go out to each of you, whether you're a parent of a senior or you're the senior, because I know that this has been hard, right? You are waiting for this time with all of these beautiful events and all of the celebration and just to really lean in and, and look back on your journey and, and you don't get to have that. And I, and I feel for you, my heart goes out to you. Beyond that though, a couple of weeks ago, it was um, the day that most seniors say, you know, what school they got into and what school they're choosing for college. And there's many more seniors that aren't going on to college or taking a gap year or whatever it is. And here's the message I have for you. And it has to do with separating what, what you think you should want, where you think you should be going and the reality of it. And this is that I was in my past life, you know, a vice president of a global bank. And now for the last 10, 11, 12 years, I have been coaching people on achieving results that they want for themselves, to creating lives and businesses that feel good, to finding ways to make money that feel good. And in the course of all of that, both in my time at City and in all the time I've spent in this current business, speaking throughout the country, getting to meet amazing people, the most interesting people, the most productive adults. And productive, I mean, are producing things that matter to them that are contributing to the world in a meaningful way, that feel on track, that feel satisfied, that feel at peace. Those people that I've met, very few of them got into an amazing college and knew what they were going to be when they were graduating high school. Most of them struggled in school. Most of them felt dissatisfied with the education system. Most of them personally, and this is not a criticism of the education system, I mean, most of them felt unfulfilled in the school environment. Most of them craved to do something different, but weren't sure what it was, but eventually learned to trust their gut and just followed what interested them and what called to them without getting super attached to the results. And so, 
if you did not get into the college you want, or you're choosing not to go to college, or you can't go to college because of your grades or whatever, I just want you to know you are so much closer in description to people that I have seen become inspiring, amazing leaders, that this does not have any proof whatsoever of who you are becoming, where you're going to college. And if you did get into the college you want and you're excited for that, I'm so happy for you because just remember what this feels like. Remember what it feels like to be excited and on track and passionate about where you're headed and follow that feeling. Follow that feeling. Don't get confused with the fact that you got into a good college or the right college or you figured out what you wanted in this moment. Don't get confused if that changes. Just continue to follow your wonder, follow your passion, follow your curiosity, because that will always lead you in the right direction, even if the path doesn't make sense. And almost always if the path doesn't make sense. And that goes for you. If you are sitting here at the end of some weird period of isolation, wondering, where do I go next? Follow your passion, follow your curiosity, follow what is magnetizing you forward. And if you don't know what that is, sit quietly in this moment and just ask yourself, what does my soul most want and need right now? And follow that. And hey, if you're looking for a way to connect to guides, to connect to your spirit guides, I get this question a lot. They can often be very helpful at this time. I do have a guided meditation, which you are welcome to, and you can get that in my receiving guide. So if you go to pattylennon.com forward slash receiving guide, and we'll put a link in the show notes, you can download these five steps I have to like receiving more of what's happening in your life. And that step number five is connecting to those guides. So I send you love. I send you my hope for whatever it is that you want most from this day. And if you don't know what it is, stop right now and send an intention. Would you like to feel magical? Would you like to feel clear? Would you like this day to feel productive? Whatever it is, ask for that right now. And I promise you've started inviting in forces that will help make it happen. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this podcast with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you had to say about what you heard. I am cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.